engineered, driven, created. You're listening to the Be Velocity podcast and this is episode 12. I'm Deborah and my co-host Sophie is not joining us this week because she's feeling a little bit under the weather. However, I'm honoured to be speaking to our guest Amazing Letty. Amazing Letty is a global LGBTQ advocate, a keynote speaker, athlete and a culture change leader. We'll be talking to, talking to her about her recent announcements and her involvement in the first ever Open Talent Call Youth Presenter Search for the ABB Formula E Championship. Hello, welcome. I'm happy to finally get you on. It's been quite hard to pin you down, but I'm aware you've been quite busy um, behind the scenes. So how's everything? Yeah, I have. I, You know, I thought with the pandemic, one would be much quieter, but actually I've been busier than ever. I think in the virtual space, people realise now the whole world can contact you very easily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yes, I mean, look, I'm, you know, touch wood, I'm, I've been very thankful and I've been able to kind of continue um, my global sports advocacy work in such a difficult time in the world. Mm. It, it's been good how technology has advanced. And again, it's cool that we can speak virtually. And like you said, you've, you've been really busy and um, I'd like to talk to you about some of your announcements that you've made recently. Sure. Gosh, I don't, I don't know where, where, where to start. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I was, you know, it, towards the end of last year, um, um, I was part of the Formula E Youth Talent Call. And this was, you know, the, the first ever where they looked at doing, you know, a search for a young um, presenter, commentator. And I think it's absolutely amazing to be able to give youth this kind of opportunity because it is so hard to get your foot in the door. And I became their first ever Asian and LGBTQ judge. And, you know, I do so much work around diversity and inclusion and you know it's so important that and formula e has always you know had had this kind of mission and vision in terms of being very diverse i mean they work with charlie martin the first ever you know trans motor um racing star um to have these conversations and i always kind of think you know as myself being an asian athlete that until you can see yourself in these spaces do you then believe that you could be that person um and in the end you know we chose the first ever black commentator and she's just done an amazing job and now you know black girls can see themselves in motor racing which is extraordinary because i think we should be able to see ourselves in every sport it shouldn't just be like a handful of sports it should be every sport particularly for women Mm. you know there should be no barriers 
in in terms of which sport that we want to you know play in absolutely i i agree with you and some of the guests that we've spoken to we've we've said you know now that this um community of women have come together in particularly motorsport not not just other areas there's more than more than more women than we realize that actually are involved in motorsport and it's not just drivers it's behind the scenes as well and for me personally um i love i love it i love seeing it i love being involved with it i love inspiring people just like yourself you know i've done a lot of research on you and i feel quite empowered just by your presence um because of the amazing things that you've achieved and I'd like I'd like to just go back to the beginning with you and how your story started to where you are now. Sure. I mean, you know, people will need to really understand the story of who I am to re- understand why I do the work today. And, you know, when you look at being and when you look at sports and if you look at, you know, UK sports or any sports you know, when you look at Team GB or Team USA, you don't necessarily see people like myself as part of those teams. And I think, you know, we're the most populous community in the world, but the most invisible. So, you know, how hard it must be still for an Asian kid who aspires to have, you know, a role in sports as an athlete or an executive, but when they never seen themselves, don't know if that is possible. And, you know, that was my story as a kid. I grew up in Australia in an all-white background. So I was physically very different as a transracial adoptee. So, you know, I was bullied constantly um, at school and, be- and for the most part because I was Asian and I found it really difficult dealing with that constant bullying and racism which led me to the path of sports to find a sense of community but also really to get me out of the school playground as well mm. because I was just yeah. being bullied by the kids and I was just obviously much smaller than the kids but as soon as I entered sports as a kid I was the only Asian kid in sports so I saw instantly then that stereotype of being Asian in sports as to the stereotype you see today that you know we're nerdy we're geeky we're slow our physiques aren't designed for sports and if they are you know we're figure skaters we're golfers we're tennis players but you could never see us on the football field or anything that was very athletic so I got teased a lot by my team and other teams you know where many people find team sports a sense of family and a sense of unity I just found it as a hostile environment being an Asian kid in sports. I just didn't feel like I fitted in and I didn't have that support mechanism. But I loved, I mean, and and that's the age where a lot of kids drop out, Mm. particularly Asian kids. So then we never get to go on that journey to professional sports as to the reasons why we just aren't seen at that level is one of many reasons but I love the sport sport so much that I persisted even in the face of all the hate that I was receiving um I went into bodybuilding at a very young age I was six at the time and it was just really by accident I found a dumbbell lying around the house and started working out 
But I loved it. I loved how it gave me a sense of confidence and a sense of self-worth. It was something that I chose. It was something that I could do alone. And I started building this athlete's mindset as well. And then obviously I started going to the gym and I was still a kid as well, which was highly unusual for you know anyone under 16 to go into a gym. But then I was thrust from kids sports to adult male sports. So I quickly saw this different world that was very heterosexual, very misogynistic, very sexist. And also I saw how adult, that whole locker room talk of Mm. how men spoke about women when they were not there, because obviously I was just a, a kid Um, So I went from kind of bullying and racism to misogyny and sexism. And you have to remember, I was still a child, Mm. but obviously I knew it was horrible, but what would I say to it? And I encountered a terrible amount of it to my face and behind my back being standing right next to whoever was saying it. But I love the sport so much that I just wanted to stay and regardless of what people said to try and kick me out that you know this was something that I loved and I started competing competitively in my teens but you know I never saw an Asian bodybuilder or let alone an Asian female bodybuilder so I was very much unique and a bit of a novelty as well on the the circuits and I think as well I started to break down those stereotypes of what it is to be an Asian woman because we have that stereotype that we're passive and we're geisha like we don't speak up and we're very silent so that started to break down those stereotypes and I saw very instantly how I was able to push the envelope through sports and have these very different kind of conversations through the platform of sports. But, you know, it was difficult because I never saw myself for, you know, I never saw an Asian person in the media. I never saw an Asian athlete in the media. I struggled um, from childhood to my teenage years with my sexuality as well, because I came from the LGBTQ community and I never saw an Asian LGBTQ athlete. We just didn't exist and even now, You know, our existence in sports is still, you know, very far and few between. Um, But I saw the impact that I could make through sports. And that was really through a story that I read in the reception um, in the gym. um, I'm reading about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, He was kind of the only role model that came to me. And it wasn't really him. It was just the difference that I saw of someone that who was completely different but use their difference to celebrate themselves and with that difference they use sports as a platform to create some kind of impact and also to levitate themselves so that was kind of in that moment I saw who I could become through sports which really led me to all the advocacy work that I do today Um, you know I've I've had obviously a tough journey because in my young adult years, I was also homeless for a period of time in and out of different shelters. So I've kind of also lived on the margins of society and sports always helped me. It, it, you know, it became my survival mechanism by going into that athlete mindset. Um, And I never thought I would become this global, you know, athlete LGBTQ advocate. It was Mm. just really through my own journey And looking at sports particularly and just still not seeing myself and still seeing the way Asian athletes are treated and the difficulty that we have to get to pro level. And then when we're really 
good sometimes we just don't get signed um, because of the fact that we are Asian um, and I just kind of feel that you know I have this opportunity in the platform that I have now to say something because that was me and I continue to think about the Asian kids that still struggle to not see themselves um, mm. in sports. if I'm honest you've done an incredible job um as you know for me I st- you know we've got a variety of ages um I get messages from parents where their daughter's been bullied um on the racetrack because boys are picking on her but what I like about it is yes the kids are young but they just pick themselves back up and like yourself they've just got that fighting spirit and going right I'll show you I might be a girl but I'll show you I might be a different you know gender race or anything but I can pick myself up and I will show you what I can do and that's kind of what you've done and I suppose in a way for me in like the whole B velocity is I can't afford motorsport I love it I love all aspects of motorsport and automotive but if I can give people a platform and more importantly for them to use their voice they they can be seen more and over time, that's just built and built and built. And and I absolutely love um, collaborating with different people and talking to different people because I'll be honest, I'm sick to death of this whole negativity and people not being inclusive and diverse. Yes, there's there's like men that follow our account, but they're so supportive of us girls because we, they know how much it means to us. And... I think we are heading in the right direction now. And, you know, the best feature that we have is our mouths and our voices. And I think we need to use those more. And if people are too scared, tell us and we can be that platform for you. And and I think in a way that's kind of what we both do. Obviously, you're more on a global scale. And I, I just think that's, you know, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I think that as well, because when I think of, the power of storytelling and the power of my story and when I have conversations like like this I think of myself as a child and what it would have meant for me at so many different points in my life to see and hear someone like myself and to know that it does get better but also just to see that mirror image Mm. and I think you know for many female athletes you know, we are tough and we do stick it out because there's this, you know, it's inherent. There's this athlete, when you have a lifetime of sports, there's this athlete mindset that becomes Mm. part of your DNA as well. And we also know how hard it has been for us to get to these positions within sports as well. And the landscape is very different for us now. There are so many more. I mean, I look at Megan Rapinoe, you know, the way she speaks up um, when it comes to the gender pay gap and gender quality, it's just, we're just in a very different time now. And I think it's amazing because I think young girls moving into sport, they have so many more positive role models that they can look to than ever before. And I think with the power of social media, it brings them closer to these people as well. Because it's like um, Lewis Hamilton, he's on a, he's on a whole 
another level, so to speak. But he's created and driven by diversity. Um, and to be honest, if it wasn't for that page, you know, I would have stuck to the old name. And I just think V Velocity now sounds more inclusive and diverse than it ever has. And for me, that's really important. And, you know, there's there's other people, especially in motorsport now, um, where we just seem to be accepting it and that is something that I love it's like you've got racing pride you know there's some fantastic athletes on the team for instance Abby Eaton um Charlie Martin you know incredible women um and what they've achieved is just brilliant and obviously you've got the W series as well now that's another championship. And, you know, there's ambassadors for Racing Pride in that championship. So, again, that's them helping um, spread that community a bit more. Now, just going to go on to October last year for you and you becoming the first Asian LGBTQ official judge. Just tell us, because Sophie... Obviously, she's not present at the moment, but she's really keen on being a presenter. She'd love to be a pit lane presenter at some point. And I'm sure there's some listeners out there that want to go down that route. You know, they want to be the next Susie Perry or um, just trying to think of some or Claire Cottingham, for example. You know, some some of these ladies are not well known. Some of them are, but they're still um, at a track somewhere. For you, how 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 did that happen? Was it them approach? Did they approach you? How 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 did it? Yeah, no, I had actually done a story with um, them a, f- a few months back, mm. um, and then they approached me um, if I would like to become an official judge um, for their youth presenter search. I mean, look, I've carved a very unique foothold mm. with the work that I do and you know I have a niche market that if people are looking for a certain person particularly usually if they're Asian yeah. um, maybe from the LGBTQ community yeah. that has a global reach and a global voice that has ambassador roles and done this and that you know I'm the person that they look for mm. but I think you know there's always that question of well what if I'm not that person how how do they find me um and look this wasn't an overnight thing for me yeah (laughs) I'm a lifetime in the making I was that person when I I had none of of that and I thought how am I going to find a way to make myself unique within the sports community so when they think of that person they think of me yeah and I know for many listeners they're thinking the same thing like well I don't have what Amazon has but how can they think of me when they're thinking of that person so they had gosh a few hundred applicants it was a lot of applicants that they whittled down to 10 Um, and many of those that they had chosen particularly on the 10 they already had YouTube channels Mm. they already had a social media presence Um, some of them didn't have presenting skills but look this is how you find your markets you know make sure you're set up on 
social media, across all the social media channels. If presenting is your thing and you really want to get into presenting, make sure you have a YouTube channel and then think of what is my niche because if there are so many discussions, you can't have a discussion about everything. Just think of what is my niche and then try and go out and interview people because really presenting is just a practice skill. Mm. You know, it's like sport. The more you practice, the better you get. And the person we chose actually had a YouTube channel and you could see, you know, and she just sparkled when we saw her um, audition tape. And that comes down to then a matter of practice. And then, you know what? I always kind of think, where are these athletes hanging out because everyone is I know it sounds crazy but you think everyone's approachable is Lewis Hamilton approachable he absolutely is because he's a person but if Mm. you keep if you continue to hang out at the right places you may somehow score an interview with him or someone who knows him that you could then put on your YouTube channel and tag as you know I'm a, you know, this is my YouTube channel and this is like who the types of people that I'm speaking to. I found my niche through sports and that was actually through bodybuilding, through my understanding and learning about Arnold Schwarzenegger of this very particular niche person who used bodybuilding to levitate himself to where he is today. And, you know, obviously I was just a kid at that time when I read about him But because I saw no other Asian person in bodybuilding, I thought that will become my niche. And then somehow through that, I can levitate myself through sports. I mean, it wasn't an easy ride. It was very difficult because people just found it very hard to place Mm. an Asian female bodybuilder. But now it's quite obvious to people. And now it's become a very unique story because of how I've got to my advocacy work and I think as well you have to have a big why and you have to have some kind of passion attached to that um, I think and also a purpose mm. as, as, as well because athletes today or if you want to be a presenter you look at some of the really great presenters who are on TV now who are part of motorsports or any kind of presenter you also look at, you know, how are they, how else are they levitating themselves? Maybe through community work, they have some kind of passion that they can tie to. So you have to think very multifaceted as well. And you have to think of yourself as a brand. Mm-hmm. You know, if I were someone else, would I buy into that brand? And would, would it fit on the track? And what kind of message would that present to the audience as well Mm. no that is spot on because I always say be yourself you're the individual but there's always something slightly different between individual people um and sometimes you are levitated to that it's like if you look at some of the the commentators male or female they've got their own way of doing things and one person in particular Murray Walker he's you know he had he had that drive he had that passion and he lived and breathed it you know he's you know he's a role model and there's so many people that want to be like him and sometimes it was just about a particular moment so it's like when you grow up like you said Arnold Schwarzenegger was a role model for you and for me growing up 
you know I didn't I didn't feel I had a role model to look up to and then you get music and then you get all these girl bands and you know it's good how they present themselves but also you need to find a positive role model because obviously there are people out there that are not not perfect or go down the wrong path so to speak um and yeah if anyone's listening be yourself that's the best thing you can be um yeah and that's that's sometimes it's really hard to do that and I always kind of say as well depending you know what kind of presenter you want to be if we, you know if we're looking at motorsports think think of who your favorite presenter is and then look like that's what I did in sports I kind of looked at their path of how they got there what kind of things that they had to do what did they have to learn who were the people that they had to meet could I meet those people as well along the way you have to have you know amazing networking skills look Mm. sometimes you can be really lucky you could be you know in the cafe the right place at the right time and there could be someone sitting there from Formula E and you think oh my god this is my moment to go up and speak to them yeah (laughs) and you pass information the next thing you know you're on the track Um, but those occasions are, are usually very rare but you know, people are far more accessible now because you know everyone is on social media. I just kind of think that if your goal is to be a presenter on the track, set up a YouTube channel, start pumping out videos and putting them on your YouTube page across social media, and start tagging those people in those companies and um, you know and in and motorsports and who, whoever they are that you need to be put in front of as well and you know you'd be surprised people do get back um to, to you I've, yeah. I've done that numerous times kind of I'll, reached I'll out honest. to people yeah there's you know for us when I get someone quite popular follower account I'm like oh my god they like our page you know that's amazing and then next minute they're sharing your post and that's and you're absolutely right about the networking you know I've met some fantastic drivers and or just people generally in motorsport just been at the right place at the right time and I can actually now say to them they're my friends and it, it's it's a crazy world that we live in but yeah the, YouTube is fun is a fantastic tool and people do need to use it a lot a lot more if they want to get themselves known um and get themselves recognized so there's a few there's a few talented females that I know that have got YouTube channels and I always give them a nice little plug because yeah that's what we're all about getting people out there and getting them noticed because there's a lot of people um and this and this is one thing that I find you'll get a lot of people focusing on people at the top that are quite popular but for me the most important thing is it's the people down below that are starting they're the future in my eyes they're the future of change and for them if it's a case of a sponsor or someone just offers them a job in an industry that they love that's important it's like for me um I I work in motorsport and automotive for my job role I think Lady Luck must have been looking at me above and thought, do you know what? It's about time you've done a job which you enjoy. Um, and again, I think it was just right place, right time. 
right mindset and I was just determined to get a role um, that had a passion um, and that's the way forward um, get yourself out there and if you need any of us to help you if it's just a case of tag our page share a post do it and we'll do our best to help because at the end of the day that's the best way to do it social media use it as a tool as a platform for yourself yeah and I always say as well always reach out and ask for advice most of the Mm. time people are quite happy to you know ask you know answer your question as well if you want to know like you know how did you get to where you are today um and I think as well you know reach out I mean you know go and reach out to someone like Charlie Martin Mm. and ask you know can I interview you for your, you know, my YouTube page? Yeah. Uh, you know, I always kind of say the worst someone can say is no. And what I've learned, particularly, you know, how I got to where I am is that no means not now. It doesn't mean like no forever. Mm. And if someone says no to you, then you come back and say, well, when might you be able to be available? Like when is a good time? And most people, if they're nice enough, they will say, look, contact me in a month or two months time. And you make a note of reaching out to that person. Again, it's like, this is how you build your network. And if you want to be seen as a presenter, this is how also you build your show role. Mm-hmm. So if there's anyone out there that wants to have a guest host or co-host opportunity to come on our podcast because you, you're talented and you just want some experience, drop us a message and I'm more than happy to get you on just to help because that's what we're all about helping each other and building that community and helping you achieve your goals Mm. now you've got quite a lot of ambassador roles um could you just uh, talk through that lengthy list because some of them are just just impressive if yeah I'm the only Asian LGBTQ athlete to have so many sports ambassador roles in this kind of area, simultaneously in different countries. Um, So in 2014, I became the first Asian athlete ally ambassador. So athlete ally is based in New York and they champion equality um, and challenge homophobia and triphobia, biphobia um, in sports. So I do a lot of work with them regarding, you know, being Asian and LGBTQ in sports. Um, Then 2018, I became the first out Asian athlete to appear in the Rainbow Laces campaign for Stonewall UK and then in 2019, I became their first Asian um, ambassador. Um, and then, gosh, so many. I- <laughs> <laughs> just, just recently, um, I became an ambassador for Copenhagen 2021. So it's the first time um, that a country has won and f- world pride and Euro games at the same time. So Denmark will be hosting um, Copenhagen 2021 in August. Um, And I believe it's the first time a World Pride and Euro games has ever had an ambassador track with Asian ambassadors. So I'm one of two Asian ambassadors. So it will be the first time that then at these events, we will have conversations around being Asian and LGBTQ 
in sports. Um, and then after that, um, earlier this year, I became the first East Asian ambassador for Pride House 2022 Commonwealth Games. And I'm still speaking to the Commonwealth Games um, just generally about doing more things with them. So it's kind of watch this space. Um, and it's I think the, the first time they've had this kind of ambassador track where we will be you know, amplifying Asian athlete voices. Um, and that will be hosted in Birmingham, obviously a very multicultural city. So I think it's, you know, a, a perfect opportunity to have these kinds of conversations. And then just recently, um, I became the first Vietnamese Federation Gay Games ambassador. Um, so every few years, um, countries all around the world been to host the gay games so next year for the first time in the southern hemisphere the gay games are going to hong kong wow so yes yeah, so i'll be doing a lot of work with the federation and then obviously on the ground um, with the gay games there um, and i have a number of other entities that i'm speaking to around ambassador roles so it's likely over the next few months i could be making some more an announcements. Um, look, I, I never thought that, that I'd have so many ambassador roles. Um, and then obviously the, the sixth ambassador role, which isn't in sports. Um, in 2012, I became the um, global ambassador to Vietnam Relief Services, which is a US-based organization that supports um, deprived and very poor communities across Vietnam, particularly in the North through education and medical services. Um, I had never imagined that by being an athlete all these years later that I would have these kinds of platforms. Um, I, as a child, I always wanted to make an impact through sports. I never knew what that impact was. Um, I had very one simple goal, which I still do today, is that if I shared my story, someone would listen and it would resonate with someone. Mm. And that was really the goal that I ever had for this advocacy journey. <laughs> that's just incredible. And there's so much more that's in the pipeline that you don't even know about yet. For <laughs> you. I think now with, you know, we're in a moment in history where so many major sports events are in Asia mm. over the few years so I'm having a lot of conversations around you know what do those conversations look like in Japan in China in Hong Kong in Qatar with the World Cup um, formula it's diff difficult with COVID but Formula One um, was meant to go to um, mm. Vietnam yes. um, as well and they've had you know conversations around diversity and in inclusion as, as well um, so it's you know a, a really interesting time I think for sports and I think as well with the amount of athlete activism that we've seen. I mean, you look at Lewis Hamilton with everything that he's done and really, you know, that's, he, he, I believe, you know, he probably thinks about his own story when he thinks about that activism of not seeing himself and the mere fact that, you know, we need more diversity when it comes to motorsports because we just think of Lewis Hamilton. Mm. We don't, we can't think of another black motorsports yeah. athlete at his level yeah you're you're absolutely right but with how things are going at the moment I reckon that there will be someone else 
that will will be in a similar position to him, whether it, whether it be male, female, you know, regardless of the gender, it, it could be anyone that could use, you know, following his footsteps or someone like yourself that could follow in your footsteps and be an advocate in change. Um, you know, I do my, my bit. I don't see myself as a role model, but I try my best to, you know, make changes um, and do different things and encourage people. Um, like I said earlier, we're all unique, we're all different and we need to embrace it because um, that's what makes us as human beings. Um, this actually goes on quite nicely um, to, to my next question and, and I'm sure you're going to agree with this. We've still got a lot of work to do in terms of equality and diversity. You know, we've taken a step to be more inclusive and diverse with our with our social media um and we're including lots more people now and it's fantastic it just means our platform grows and it's open to more people and other areas from all the work that you've done what advice could you give to brands or individuals to make it better to be more inclusive and diverse you know there's something very simple um i remember some time ago seeing on LinkedIn um, the picture of the British hockey, women's hockey team, and instantly thinking there was something wrong with this image because everyone is white. And, you know, when brands, you know, are looking at campaigns, and particularly when we, if we're obviously talking about the sports community, you have to think, is everyone at the table when you're thinking about a campaign? And then when you look around at who is part of your team, do you have a diverse team? Because if you put out a campaign and it all has like a monolith group of faces, then you're going to attract a very niche market because that's not conducive of society. People need to see themselves to believe that they can be that person or want to buy that brand. So that's important as well. And I always kind of start with that very simple saying is everyone at the table when you're looking at an image if you need a second opinion then give it to someone else we have to have a diverse group of people when we're making difficult decisions that don't mm. think like us that don't look like us that don't come from the same you know socioeconomic background the same religion, the same education, because that means then we're taking a slice of life. Um, and so that's important. And that's the same thing when we're thinking of, you know, it's not just about athletes, it's also about, you know, sports executive management, because they're the ones that are hiring athletes and the presenters in front of camera, you know, are they a diverse group of people because if not you will just subconsciously tend to hire those that look like you so then how does someone like myself ever a given a chance and this is what I love about Formula E in terms of the diversity and the richness of their mission and vision in terms of who they had as judges and really thinking about the diversity of those judges and then who we ended up 
finding in the end a young black woman who has become the first you know black presenter commentator in the formula e motorsports circuit so no i think you know we we need to think like that and if you are struggling then who do you need at the table do you need someone like myself at the table then who can present a different viewpoint and i think you know this is what i do a lot I speak to sports organizations, I speak to businesses, and I speak to governments around how you can champion equality through the lens of sports and what that looks like for your bottom line or what that means for you know, the citizens of your country and then what that means if you're not putting out a diverse campaign and what that means in terms of the challenges and barriers that you know Asian athletes and Asian people who want a career in sports are facing and what we can do better to be like an ally and an advocate. I, I think that's an outstanding answer. You know, I, I couldn't have put it any better than that because you're absolutely right and that's what we all need to do. And on that note, I feel a bit very empowered just, just by talking to you. Now that we're getting closer to the end of the podcast, what we've been doing is every guest we've been asking for a song to pick that either represents them um like a song that will get them pumped up to go for the gym or just to get in the zone when racing so um amazing letty what song would you pick for yourself and why oh gosh so many songs i i love the olivia newton john remix of let's get physical Yes, we can. You know, have I, I find, yeah, I find it a very empowering song, and obviously, you know, it, it relates to sports as well, and has a you know really good dance beats to it. So that would probably be my song. Amazing, right? That's go. That will be available on our driver playlist on Spotify. So, guys, we've got some incredible songs on there, and now we've just added this one on there as well. Right, that's episode 12 all completed. I can't tell you how inspired I am. You've just given me like that extra boost of energy to try and make a difference to people's lives and just do a little bit more. Um, Our conversation this evening has just been, I've really enjoyed it and I've really enjoyed speaking to you. And if any of our audience has any questions for our guests this evening, then please do get in touch and let us know. And on that note, I'm going to say goodbye and thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure, pleasure for having me. And people can follow me on social media at Amazon Letty and they can find me at amazonletty.com. Don't worry, we'll be tagging you. We'll be tagging you. The power of a tag. Yes. <laughs> As always, if you want to show some love for our podcast, then feel free to like and subscribe. Thanks for listening to the Be Philosophy podcast and stay tuned for next week's exciting episode. If you know someone that would like to get involved in building our global community or you'd like to get involved yourself, then you know where we are and you know our socials. Until next time, thanks for listening, guys, and see you next week. Goodbye from me. Engineered.
B. Velocity. Velocity. B. Velocity.